Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. A Radio Info Raw Edit Podcast. The conversations behind our reports. So let's just start with the overview. Radio revenues up, a big profit increase of 69% net profit. How's it feel? When we bought the ARN regional business, we were very determined to make sure that the strong performance it had experienced prior to being acquired was maintained after we, after we took ownership. I'm obviously delighted that that has happened and, in fact, has been improved even further thanks to ownership under ARN. So we've expanded margins. Uh, revenues, local revenues are going really well. We've had some great rating results in some of the key markets. The integration in terms of milestones and of processes and people and systems is ahead of schedule. So all in all, it's been a very, very healthy six months for the business, both from a logistical organizational perspective, but also bottom line improving revenue and EBITDA. I saw those regional results and it's good growth. I'm wondering, is it growth taking radio revenue from other competitors or is it new growth that's coming from non-radio sectors of the regional market? Oh, honestly, I think it's, it's, it's new growth coming through. I mean, you know, if, if you look at some of our competitors and their performance regionally, it's, it's pretty good, pretty stable. Um, I think we have just obviously injected new ideas, new ways of working, new commercial opportunities into the business that, that's growing the overall pie, which I think at the end of the day, I, I did speak in the presentation around you know, how well I think that the industry and the industry body is now functioning in terms of working together, collaborating for the greater good, because you know, our challenge is not against Nova or SCA or, or, or anybody else, although we, we do compete day to day. Our challenge is, is convincing um, media buyers and clients that our medium is, is more valuable than ever today um, and, and it's more engaging with our audiences, it delivers better cut-through, uh, it's more localised, which is something that the, the global players particularly cannot do. And as an industry, I think we're really on the road to, to sort of working stronger together for the health of, of radio, which means we can invest more. And that, that's something that I am quite passionate about. In the presentation, you're also looking forward to what we know will be a period of increased inflation. And the comment was that radio is good value in times like that. Well, well it is. I mean, uh, you know, I worked in, in Europe in, in 2008, 2009, when, when the GFC hit. And, you know, I saw how quickly radio was able to... And I'm not suggesting we're entering into a GFC here, by the way. I think we talk ourselves into it sometimes, but we're not. The, the fundamentals of the economy are still very, very strong. And I think improving over the last couple of weeks. So the doom and gloom that maybe people were feeling two or three months ago, it, it hasn't transpired yet. So we, we should avoid not talking ourselves down. But, but my point being that radio is an incredibly flexible, cost-efficient, short lead time, high retail-driven, high call-to-action-driven, high ROI, and there it's great strengths. And in, in tougher times, this is where radio comes into its own because of all those factors that I mentioned above. And, and when marketing decisions are going to be made on shorter timescales, we shouldn't hide away from the fact that we can take a brief from a client this morning, uh, here we are on Thursday morning at 11 o'clock, uh, and have it on air by, by 1 o'clock, 2 o'clock this afternoon. 
That's a big message to agencies, I think, at the moment. Are you communicating that very strongly across agency briefs and pitches? Absolutely. And add to that the fact that we can now improve and, and, and sort of enhance that traditional value of what radio does by providing more digital audiences and more digital context, being able to localise the, the ads to a specific area or demographic or time of day through our dynamic audio uh, commercialization product. These are all stories that actually, you know, are terrific stories for radio and we're getting better into it and, and, you know, we're all starting to say the same thing, which is great. And I think the message is hitting home with agencies and clients that, that radio is still a very powerful player. And what really differentiates us is, is the connection that we have with communities, with our audiences and how engaged they are with us. I heard a magnificent story uh, from, from Ballarat during the week. Uh, the general manager, John, down there sent me an email and he said that the local Stockland had discovered that there was a very unfortunate family who were escaping from Queensland who were having to live in a car park for a few days because their, their new accommodation wasn't ready. And, you know, it was a, you know, a, a family, a generations of family. And, and we got on air and, and within a few hours we were able to provide clothing, food, shelter to that family to Friday, to take them through to Friday. And that is the type of thing that only radio can do. And, and I mean that from, from, a, from a Ballarat perspective, from a Launceston, Gympie, but also Sydney, Melbourne. The connection we have with our audiences is second to none and no other media can compete with it. And, and we shouldn't be afraid to highlight that. That's a great story. I want to concentrate on the regional stations for one more question before going to digital. Looking at your accounts, the regional group in this half made 54 million revenue. Costs were about 33 million. So that's about 20 million profit in the half year. By my calculations, that's about seven full years to recover the cost of the purchase. Is that about right? If, if you take that in isolation, but, but don't forget, you've got to add in the improvements that we see in our ability to win revenue in metro markets. So it's not just about improving the regional P&L. It's the overall benefits it gives to the business in, in, in totality that, that we measure it against. But, but if, if you want to take it that way, then yes, but I, I don't look at it in that terms. Yeah, okay. Already in the balance sheet, you're showing synergies from that. So that's pretty clear. Moving on to digital things. I see that digital billings to customers is up 41%. Just tell me about that. I think that's reflective of the success strategy we have in terms of building our, our digital audience, our, our, our digital capability in terms of selling, uh, selling sorry, our digital platforms. We've taken a different approach to some in that we've been a little bit more conservative in terms of expenditure on digital content and, and the sort of the growing of our own content because we wanted to understand what the opportunity was likely to be, how it was going to be consumed and how, more importantly, how to monetize that over you know the last two or three years that we've done. We're, we're very, very confident now that the, the market is, is substantial. I did quote the PwC numbers. I do think they're underestimated. But I, I think our ability to merge both our radio commercial activities, our digital commercial activities, means that we will invest more in our own content, which we have been doing, and that billings will increase much more, but also to be much more profitable for us. And, and that's probably the highlight for us in the last six months that we've we've been able to grow our own state of content and make it more profitable, and that profitability will increase over the next 12, 18 months. And when you talk about digital audio, you're talking about podcasts, streaming of both music and live radio, 
and digital radio channels. Is that the core of it? That's absolutely the core of it. Yeah, hundred percent. So it's, it's our podcasting. It's it's the catch up podcast that we have. It's the live stream of the radio stations. It's the, it's the extensive content that we have on iHeart in terms of other bespoke custom radio stations. It's all in there under digital audio, and it's it's all coming from uh, incrementally to radio because radio share of advertising is is traditionally that sort of seven and a half, eight and a half percent. We've grown our share as a total industry this year from last year, which is good. So any an extra revenue that we're coming through is complementary, and you know taking from from what I see is a very unfair share of digital revenues that that global players are getting. There was a a line in your presentation that I'd just like you to explain. It's about digital audio. It says flow through to revenue was impacted by a higher percentage of third party inventory as you're scaling that digital audio business. What is that? Is that programmatic sales? Is that commissions? Um, What is that? We have an awful lot of um, third party arrangements with international suppliers, big corporations, big businesses that provide good podcasting. That was a deliberate strategy of ours over the last couple of years. It still will remain a very strong part of what we do. Um, and, and what we've learned over the last couple of months is that our ability to, to have our own products now in that packaging of, of international products will increase, and, and that will increase profitability because it's obviously cheaper for us to produce our own content in the long term. Okay, let's talk about CADA. I know that's a broadcast station in Sydney, but you've highlighted the expansion on the digital platform now that it's national and it's on iHeart. How does that look so far compared with the revenue and the agency response when it was only the Edge broadcasting in Sydney? It is truly a multi-platform entertainment youth brand. So, you know, whether we're in audio, digital audio, podcasting, socials, Instagram, Snapchat, digital environments, it, it's all about the content that's been created by these young content creators and, and, and listened to by an increasing amount of, of Australian youth audience. About 75% of our audience is Australian. We've grown it from 360-odd thousand pre-launch at, at the edge to a, a connection with over 3 million people weekly now in Australia, which is a terrific growth number. Uh, and I think testament to the fact that we are true to the philosophy we had, the brand fundamentals that we have of, of creating diverse content that, that is engaged with culture, that is speaking a language of, of 18, 29-year-olds in Australia, and is being distributed whenever and where they are consuming content. So it's much more than a broadcast piece. So I've been really pleased with the audience growth that we've had. You know, any advertiser is going to wait and want to see what the audience growth is like. So we, we anticipated that. We still do anticipate that. But the level of lean-in and engagement we're getting from clients and new clients to ARN that we haven't traditionally been able to target because, you know, very often our KISS or Pure Gold brands are a little bit older in who they target has been heartening to see and we're getting new clients to us. So it's early days from a revenue perspective, but we had a three-year growth plan on this and plant profitability were, were probably ahead of schedule on that one, I would say. And, you know, I think it's just great to see the fact that we are investing in younger audiences. We are investing and in, in focusing it on, on audio. It's not just about what they're consuming on, on Snapchat or TikTok and that. We're doing something different that, that is, at the moment, seems to be working quite well. So who are some of those new clients on the youth brand? Well, we've had FX on, we've had Red Bull on. You know, they haven't advertised with, with us before. You know, and, and not just in terms of a, a what you would traditionally say is a broadcast spot campaign, it's much more integrated across all of our socials. And that's really where we think the opportunity is for brands to lean in, partner with us and work closely with us in terms of the type of integration we can do to, to make their brand 
much more relevant and much more engaging and, and their commercial ROI to be a lot stronger. There was a very interesting graphic in your presentation showing the value of broadcast radio compared with the value of live streaming and podcast. 1.2 billion with a B for broadcast radio and live streaming 173 million, podcasting 160 million. So those two new areas of digital, live streaming and podcast, are small at the moment, say 10% of the value of broadcast radio. But as you were saying, you're expecting that to increase and you're putting a lot of effort into developing those platforms as well. What have you got in mind, particularly in podcasting, to keep growing that? I think, first of all, the, the estimates that we put there were, were PwC. I, I, I do believe they're, they're probably a little bit conservative. I think the podcasting market in particular is, is, is going to be reached that 160 million far sooner than, than when indicated. But, but what are we doing? It's, it's similar to what we're all doing in terms of new content creation. I think where, where we are looking, focusing on is trying to look at how we can integrate our broadcast podcast strategy a lot tighter so that we're getting benefit of, of audiences across both platforms. And increasingly, you know, we're, we're starting to see much more brand building commercial opportunities coming through that, that maybe traditional radio doesn't get a fair share of. We, we seem to be much more um, call to action driven. So I think it's a general education of the market. The radio industry doing things like the podcast ranker and leading into it is something that, that is probably taking the lead in, in Australian in radio around the world, to be honest. The fact that we're not afraid to talk about it. And what we see through iHeartRadio is that you know people are listening to podcasts outside of traditional radio listening time. And that's you know, that's more complimentary listeners and therefore more complimentary revenue. So it's it's keep going as we are, keep investing, keep growing new talent in Australia keep trying to promote and use both channels to promote it uh, and keep investing then in our ability to commercialize it through better targeting. You know, we, we've learned an awful lot and, and iHeart have done a huge amount in terms of the personalization of content and AI over the last six months. They've invested hundreds of millions in it. So that, that will roll out in the back half of this year as well. So, you know, we're, we're, we're taking all the benefits of being a fantastic radio organization and the radio industry here and we're building new models which I, I think for all of us in the industry is quite exciting. You have 23 million monthly Australian downloads of your podcast and you have um, good success in the rankers. What are your most listened to podcasts? Personally? Yeah. Oh, I, I'm, I'm a bit of a sports nut so I, I'll, I'll take anything sport to be honest. <laughs> um, I obviously, you know, I, I do find that sort of quicker daily podcasts are, are, for me, much more interesting, good interviews, a bit more in-depth analysis. But but if, if I were to pick sort of the categories, it would be sport, it would be business, it would be sort of the general world, uh, engagement news, that sort of thing. And I saw that beyond you, general listeners were listening to catch-up of Kyle and Jackie O and two or three of your uh, big name podcasts across the ranker. Well, again, again, this is the beauty of, of what we're developing here in that, you know, we're, we're able to monetize our talent in, in many different ways now that we weren't able to do a couple of years ago. It's uh, the week of the Radio Today's finalist announcements for podcasts uh, and winners will be announced next week. So far, ARN seems to have quite a few in the finalist lists. How do you feel about that? Obviously delighted. You know, we've got a, a huge number of people who, who are very committed, passionate, creative uh, at developing podcasts. It, it's nice to see the hard work rewarded like that. 
Um, so I, I'm, I'm obviously very pleased. I, you know, awards are always nice. I like winning. Um, so good luck to them all. But but I, I think we, we also have to work a, a little bit harder on making sure that we don't forget about the importance of where radio stands as well. Let, let's not all focus on, on podcasting all the time. Radio is, as we saw in the slides of BWC, is, is where the majority of our listeners will be for the foreseeable future, where the majority of revenue is. But it's just nice that we're creating new revenue streams. And hopefully, you know, we're able to, to retain and attract creative people into our industry, ambitious people who want to work in, in audio as well as radio. That's a nice place to leave it. Fabulous. Thank you very much, Kieran Davis. Super. Thanks, Steve. Take care. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.